0: <laughs> happy Sunday, Middle Church. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's a great day. Um, happy Black History Month. Um, I am Reverend Natalie. It is good to hear from you or see you all. Um, glad to have you here in the space. We are going to get right into worship. But before we do, you know we like to have a deep, centering breath together. And When I say deep, centering breath, this is something that goes all the way down to the bottom of your toes. Fill every bit of yourself with oxygen. This is the one breath you will take this week for sure with someone else, with community. Now, let us worship God.
1: Hi friends, my name is Adwoa. How many of you like telling stories? How many of you like listening to stories? My family is from Ghana, a country in West Africa. One of the things that's important in my family is storytelling. It's a way to learn new things, remember important things from the past, and apply lessons to help us make the future a better place. This is one of the reasons why I love Black History Month. It's an extra special time to pay attention by listening and telling stories about Black people throughout the past and present. In 1960, a little Black girl who was only six years old made history in New Orleans, Louisiana. Her name was Ruby Bridges. Ruby was the first Black student to attend a then all-white school. For a whole year, Ruby sat alone in the classroom with her teacher who had just moved from Boston because the other white students and teachers at the school did not want to be around a black student. But Ruby was so brave and she persisted. To persist means to not give up even when it gets really hard. Ruby showed up every day, even when people made threats against her and her family. Even though Ruby felt very alone, you know what she did every day before going to school? Ruby prayed that God would forgive the white people protesting at her school for their anger. Ruby is now 67 years old and continues to persist. And have you heard of another young leader and author named Marley Diaz? At just 10 years old, Marley began collecting books about girls of color called 1000 black girl books. She went on to collect 13,000 books, author her own book and become host and executive producer of a Netflix show celebrating black voices. Basically she's a boss and she just turned 17. There are a lot of people angry about books right now. They want to ban some books, destroy other books, and rewrite history in a way that leaves out important voices. Ruby and Marley are two women who took a stand for education and learning. This month and every month, let's use our listening ears to hear the stories of Black people and our speaking mouths to share and elevate those stories that we've heard.
2: See you we are, in we, are in we are marching in the light of God. We are marching in the light of God. We are marching, marching. We are marching, marching. We are marching. In
0: Just taking a quick moment to give you some ways in which middle is rising into this black history month and this week um number one um some of you probably have already joined this we are doing celebrating black history Month this uh time around with some monday movie nights uh i think you've been with daryl hamilton the last couple of mondays and now you get to be with jackie lewis these next two mondays join her on zoom at 8 p.m. this week for To start With Love, um, just to talk about some Sydney Poitier movies. You'll watch it and then have a little discussion. Also, as we look towards March and Women's History Month, uh, you can register now for a five-week Tuesday night gathering, hashtag bellhooks taught me, with a fabulous rotating uh, facilitators, including Rebecca Walker, Melanie Hope, Gloria Steinem, and more. This event is free for middle members, and it kicks off Tuesday, March first. So go to our website uh, for more information. And also Pray to Rise. There is a very special uh, Pray to Rise on Ash Wednesday, which is March 2nd. You can join Jackie and I think Ben also is there at uh, 8 a.m. every Wednesday, but this very special one um, for Ash Wednesday. You can find the information again on our website or text the number 833-786-0733 for any of our information. Just text the word calendar. And Ash Wednesday will also have a... um, a in-person option on the steps at noon, you can meet uh, Reverend Jackie Lewis and Reverend Amanda at noon on Middle Steps. So those are all of the ways in which you can find community with Middle This uh, coming up here. And now, let us go to God in prayer through music. Uh, we are grateful to have Jeremy play and feel free to sing along as the spirit moves you. That was so beautiful, thank you, Jeremy. And now let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray in whatever language you know, whatever version you know. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
3: Amen, 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 amen.
0: is holy my black
4: is loving my black is compassionate my black is as ancient as the world peace be with you
5: Go out and tell our story, let it echo far and wide, make them hear you, make them hear you. How justice was our battle, how justice was denied, make them hear you. Make them hear you, and say to those who blame us for the way we chose to fight, and sometimes there are battles that are more than black or white. And I could not put down my sword when justice was my right. Make them hear you. Out and tell our story to our children one and all make them hear you make them hear you and tell them in our struggles we were not the only ones make them hear you make them hear you your sword can be a sermon or the power of the pen. Teach every child to raise their voice, and then, my people, then will justice be demanded by 10 million righteous ones. Make them hear you
2: when they hear you.
6: God, it's so good to be in your presence on this Sunday morning as we gather together to lift up and celebrate black excellence and resilience and joy to give glory to your name and to your presence. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day that you have made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Church, it's so good to be with you all again on this Sunday morning. I'm Pastor Daryl. My pronouns are he, him. And the scripture reading for us this morning is going to come from the gospel according to Luke, starting in the sixth chapter, in the 27th verse through the 38th verse. And it reads as such from the New Revised Standard Version. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. For I tell you, your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high. For God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Therefore be merciful just as your father is merciful. Church, for the little bit of time that I have on this Sunday morning, we have talked about our series where we have lifted up black stories. And so inspired from that series, I wanna speak on the subject they call me Mr. Tibbs, a gospel from Sir Sidney Portier. So every February in the Middle, we honor Black history, excellence, resilience, and joy. Likewise, we honor God, because we refuse to be complicit with a nation and its attempts to redact and erase the beauty and majesty that is blackness and black people. And we have refused to erase and redact this beauty from the stories we tell about our nation and the stories we tell about ourselves. This month, we have honored Black stories as we have told through the power and poise of the late Sidney Poitier. His success at work in life and in standing up for the rights of his people, all people, is good news for us, church, on this Sunday morning. And the gospel of Sir Sidney's life illustrates the importance of standing confidently in the knowledge of who we are and how not to compromise our values, ourselves, to not compromise in whatever it is that we do or seek to do in this life. Sir Sidney's gospel illustrates for us how to live with dignity, even while living in an undignified world. To stand in the best of our humanity, even when those around us are inhumane and unjust. And mostly, the gospel of Sydney Poitier, the good news he leaves with us is to honor the responsibility, the responsibility we have to ourselves, the responsibility we have to the divine image that is not just in each and every one of us, but the divine image that is each and every one of us. This is the gospel according to Mr. Tibbs, Sir Sidney Portier. Likewise, this is the gospel that Jesus gives his disciples and us for today. It is a gospel for those who will listen, instructing us to love our enemies and to do good to those who hate us. Why? Because God is loving toward us. Therefore, we should be merciful and loving in the world, just as God is merciful to us. Should they strike us across the face, we should turn and offer the other cheek. Should they rob us of our clothes, we should give them our undergarments as well and be naked. Should we be conscripted to walk a mile, we should walk too. We should bless those who curse us and pray for those who abuse us. Why? Because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Even to us, God is kind when we too curse and abuse one another. We must love those who are difficult to love. We must be kind to those who seem unworthy of kindness. We must give to those who don't seem worthy of our gifts. Why? Because we must love our enemies and ourselves fiercely enough not to lessen the God-likeness we are created in. We are to love ourselves fiercely enough not to mirror the actions of our adversaries or those who wish to do us harm. Church, We must love as the scripture says, because it was God who first loved us. However, church, if I can just take some of the pretense off of me this Sunday morning and just be honest with you and say, this is truly not the type of text that I am trying to hear nor trying to preach on this third Sunday of Black History Month. When I read news of another judge displaying more sympathy for a Black man's killer than they do for the family of the deceased, when my AAPI siblings continue being attacked and murdered for no reason other than their race, when I watch a video circulating online of a teenage black boy getting arrested for standing up for himself against his white attacker. I, I just must admit, church, I got to just take the pretense off and just keep it a buck with you. That that when I see these things in the news, the idea of retaliation is tempting to my humanity. I, I got to just tell the truth, church, that, that I grow tired of, of, of hearing sermons preached that try to downplay and minimize justifiable black anger. So I got a witness in here this morning? I grow frustrated, church, of hearing scriptures weaponized to placate marginalized communities. Y'all, if I can just go Oklahoma on y'all real quick, I just got to say that there are times when I'm watching the news and there are there are days when I am tempted to seriously just take my Bible, close it, put it off in a corner somewhere, loosen my tie, take off, unbutton the top button right here, take off my jacket. And y'all like Virgil Tibbs and in the heat of the night, I am just tempted to want to backhand slap somebody or something. Can I just tell y'all the truth on this Sunday morning, y'all? There are just times that if I hear one more lie about CRT, I just might have to just take off my jacket and what we say back home and just have to just slap, the, slap somebody to the white meat, y'all. That's what I'm struggling with on this Sunday morning. Now, in Sydney's autobiography, The Measure of a Man, he talks about how this scene as Virgil Tibbs it came about because the script originally called for his character to get slapped in the face, look his attacker with disdain, and walk away with his ego intact. But y'all, Sydney did something profound. He insisted, somebody right in the chat insisted. Sidney insisted that this scene play out differently. Because he said that as long as he, a black Bahamian-born immigrant who was harassed by police, made to walk 50 blocks at gunpoint. As long as he was playing the part of Virgil Tibbs, he could not shoot this scene without a nanosecond hesitation to whack his attacker back with a backhand slap. Now, that scene, when I watched it felt good to my spirit. I gotta tell the truth, it felt good to my spirit. But it also seems as if this scene contradicts the message of the text that we are reading this morning. Because when Mr. Tibbs gets slapped, he does not, as Jesus instructs, turn the other cheek. However, according to biblical scholar, Walter Wink, even though Jesus is articulating a radical uncompromising nonviolence, this text is not, is not a call for us to be victims of abuse. And Wink's breakdown of this text, he argues that when we talk about a backhand slap and turning the other cheek, that a backhand slap was intended to humiliate a subordinate, to humiliate someone found loathsome to the attacker. Therefore, when we get slapped across the face with someone's backhand, we are instructed by Jesus to turn the other cheek, thus forcing them to use their forehand and thus see us as equals. What looks like submissiveness is in fact, a claiming of power, thus stripping our adversaries of their power, particularly their power to humiliate. When a system of debt-based capitalism robs you of all you own, giving your undergarment and exposing your nakedness not only shames that oppressor, but also puts on blast the ridiculousness of a system that knows no bounds on this greed. When you are conscripted to go a mile, you go the second mile. Why? In order to assert your initiative, even in situations that cannot, for the time being, be changed. Y'all, this text, although difficult for me to read, this text at its core, in its essence, is Jesus not instructing his disciples to experience abuse, but instructing us on how it is to keep our dignity. To keep our dignity when faced with injustice, how to not mirror the wickedness of our oppressors, but rather to mirror the fierce love of God, who is always for us, even when others are against us. The church, we are not to act out in vengeance and return in kind the harm that was inflicted on us, but we are to mirror God's faithfulness and God's mercy as we stand in the fullness and the best of our humanity. We are to mirror God and bear witness to the truth of God's love, which flies in the face of a world that only knows domination and retribution. Church, this is the kind of love that Gandhi knew, the kind of love that Howard Thurman and Martin King knew, that that Fannie Lou Hamer knew and John Lewis knew, the love that would engage the powers and disrupt their power by using, as Walter Wink goes on to state, examples to spark an infinite variety of creative responses in new and changed circumstances. Creative responses that lead toward what he describes as a third way, that breaks down the retributive cycle of hurt and humiliation that mars the humanity of us and our adversaries. Hear me, church, that God is not demanding we accept mistreatment and disrespect. God is not calling us to be like those who hurt us in our quest for liberation. But God is saying in the words of Audre Lorde, the master's tools can never dismantle the master's house. The tools of this world cannot be used to build up the kingdom of heaven. What God is saying for those who will listen is, I am calling you to love yourself fierce enough. I want you to love my people deep enough. I want you to love me brave enough to not sully your own soul by losing sight of who you are and whose you are. In church, this is what we learn. From the gospel of Mr. Tibbs, the gospel of Sir Sidney Portier. We learn that we must stand in confidence in who we are and the knowledge of where we come from. Church Sidney never lost sight of being a black man raised on the shores of Cat Island. And in everything that he did and all the movies that he started, he always took the knowledge of who he was with him and did not allow the prospects of fame or fortune to compromise the knowledge he had of himself. Therefore, church, God is saying to us, we don't have to compromise the knowledge of ourselves. We have to know ourselves and we must not compromise and act in any way less than who we know ourselves to be. Instead, we are to stand confidently in who we are by decrying rather than mirroring evil and dehumanizing dispositions of our adversaries. Don't be like those who curse you because blessed people don't have to deal in curses. Don't be like those who hate you because people who are loved don't have to deal in hatred. Be who you are, not a lesser version of yourself by forgetting who you are and where you come from. Because worst case scenario, church, we always can remember where we come from and we come from God made in the image and likeness of God. And withstanding in confidence, we must also stand with responsibility by knowing at the very least what we owe to ourselves and to those who are around us. A responsibility to be all that we are called to be in the world, to not sully our soul in order to get it. A responsibility to channel our anger into a positive force by participating in nonviolent movements of direct action shaped at moving and changing the world. And third, church, that we stand with dignity. Now, to be honest, in, in, in the film, In the Heat of the Night, Mr. Tibbs' slap to Mr. Endicott does not pass the nonviolence test. It is included in the film to signal a transformation in a culture that at one time permitted a white man to slap a black man and kill him if he did anything about it. But this scene signaled to black folks the world over that we could stand in our humanity and assert our dignity. And in asserting our dignity, we could love ourselves fiercely enough to affirm our best and most brilliant qualities. The gospel accorded to the black man from Nazareth named Jesus demands the same dignity. But we are called to change the world, but not become like the world. As Jesus said, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And to find another way while in the world, a way of radical revolutionary love that demands we be treated as fully human and we treat others the same as well. The God we serve, church, created us in their divine image. Therefore, we are worthy of dignity and respect. And Jesus teaches us to give each other love, dignity, and respect. And to to denounce the worldly tools that would cause us to avoid a third way, which moves towards more violence. And, 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 and power and domination. Therefore, church, as we move into the rest of Black History Month and into our year, let us not forget that we are called to be love for the world and for ourselves. Let us be the change that we seek. We are who we have been waiting for. All these things I pray in the name of Jesus, amen.
4: All right, (laughs) Daryl, that was a wonderful sermon. Thank you so much. Friends, every week we put these kinds of notes in your bulletin. We call it Sermon in Action. And here's the words offered by Daryl about the gospel according to Mr. Tibbs. I know that's not exactly the title, but here we are. Where in your life are you wrestling between what you're hearing from God versus what you're feeling within yourself? what you're hearing from God versus what you're feeling within yourself. Second point, God is not calling us to take mistreatment. God is calling us not to recycle the behaviors of evil, oppression, violence, and hate from our perceived enemies. Where in your life can you end a cycle of evil, oppression, violence, and hate? And finally, Daryl says, fierce love is rooted in a deep love of self, community and world where are you being challenged to love the difficult parts of yourself your community and your world better daryl thank you for that awesome sermon appreciate you and this let us continue to worship god
7: hello middle church we are lisa hilek and tammy johnson our pronouns are both she and her. And we are coming to you from Decatur, Georgia. Which is the land of the Muscogee Creek peoples in the greater Atlanta area.
8: As a same gender interracial couple in the Southern US.
7: There are many areas where it would be very difficult for us to find a church for us to worship in together as a married couple.
8: To be clear, there are some fine churches here in the Atlanta area where we, we, we would be welcome to worship. But because I run a large ecumenical nonprofit
7: and I work at a local seminary, for us to go to church often turns into work. work.
8: We had been looking for an opportunity to be able to worship and to find a church home together. And when COVID hit,
7: we decided we would just church hop on the internet every week. However, in March of 2020, the first worship service we tried was Middle Collegiate Church.
8: And we've been here ever since.
7: <laughs> in fact, We attend worship together more regularly now than we ever have in our 27 years together.
8: And we're involved in other activities at Middle. I will be found most Wednesday mornings Zooming at Pray to Rise.
7: Which is amazing because she's not a morning person. I'm not.
8: Connection also goes another way though. Whenever, whenever and wherever we are doing the work of fierce love.
7: Wherever we are, when I'm working with students and professors. Or
8: when I'm working to eradicate food insecurity or advocating for voting rights.
7: Whatever it is that shares the love and the spirit we have found at Middle.
8: It means that Middle is also represented there as well.
7: Now we may be located physically almost 900 miles away from Middle headquarters.
8: But we feel such a part of this community and this family and this movement.
7: And we will definitely be visiting New York when it's safer to travel.
8: But near or far, we are connected virtually and through the spirit. Here at Middle, you are invited to join and you are invited to be part of this movement.
7: Wherever you are in your spiritual journey and wherever you are in the world.
8: In fact, the movement of Fierce Love needs you, and
7: we need the gifts of everyone. And yes, that includes money for technology that allows us to connect.
8: For this incredible middle church staff that holds it all together.
7: And it will take money to continue this movement.
8: To share Fierce Love across across the world world that that needs it more than than ever.
2: Look at all God made for us, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Laughing and singing,
0: shouting, sex. <laughs> uh, sky above our heads, birds singing to us. I think it pissed God off if anybody even walked past the color purple in the field and not notice it. He say, look what I made for you. God, not some gloomy old man like in the pictures you've seen of him. God, not a man at
2: all. tree dear This is the youngest us ever found. Um.
6: So I done, I done cooled off now, church, so I went and put my jacket back on, but there are so many wonderful gifts of this community. I'm constantly just awed and, and, and lost for words at the wonderful gifts that, that we have here. Um, literally this time last year was my first sermon uh, here at Middle Church, and it has been a wonderful, amazing year. Um, and y'all have given me so many gifts as well um, to have time to go and spend with the most precious gift I have in, in this life, uh, my baby girl. So thank y'all so much for all that you do, all that you give, all that you mean, not just to our community, but to uh, to the Lower East Side, to, to, to New York, to the world. And so middle, we just want to give, lift up to God these gifts in gratitude, thanking God that, 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 that God has the power to, to take these gifts and to also multiply them 30, 60, 90 fold and we give also thanks to you God that here in middle church is fertile ground that those who wish to sow any good seed knows that it will go and produce an increase that others far beyond ourselves will be able to benefit from it will raise fruit that that generations from now will get to benefit will get to eat from it will create uh shade trees that we not we might not get to sit under but our grandchildren and our and our grandchildren's children might get to sit under as well So thank you, God, for these gifts. Thank you for the love of this community. Thank you, God, for continuing to move in us and through us to make real your kingdom in this world. All these things I pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen.
4: I have Ophelia and Octavius with me today to help me give a blessing. Today would be Sidney Potier's 95th birthday. Thank you, God, for giving us the gift of that human being in our lives and for the beautiful worship today and the sermon <clears> today. I know. And now here's a blessing from us. Can you guys put your blessing hands up? Let me see. Let's back here a little bit so they can see you. There we go. There we go. May God bless you and keep you. May God make God's face to shine upon you. May God be absolutely gracious unto you and give you peace now and forevermore. Can we blow a kiss? Mwah! Mwah! Okay. Mwah! Okay, bye.